All right. So, uh, should we get into what we've been watching? Yeah. Want to go ahead? Sure. I uh, I finished uh, season six of Dexter. Oh. And I liked it. Not my favorite, but it was watchable. Hey, it's uh, Emily, the editor. Um, Sue and I start talking about um, the entirety, especially the ending of Dexter season six, uh, so heavily that I decided to clip it out and put it at the end of this podcast. So if you're not caught up on Dexter season six, just stop listening after the music, which will probably be a tribute to Philip Seymour Hoffman. Rest in peace. And you will not be spoiled. All right, over and out. But yeah, I'll go out and watch seven and eight, and then my I've just I feel like I've just been watching a ton of Dexter lately. So, yeah. but I just kind of want to get it over with for some reason too. Um, but uh, another thing I watched, I finally watched Blue Jasmine, the Woody Allen. Oh yeah, how'd you like that? Um. I like I liked it, but and Kate Blanchett is really good in it. Oh, good. But I it's it made me just feel really uncomfortable the whole time I was watching it because of her character. Huh. Do you know anything about it? I remember the previews. That's all. Yeah, just kind of in a nutshell, Kate Blanchett plays this woman who has to move in with her sister because, like. She had been married to Alec Baldwin, who was like a big con artist. Like they had this fabulous house, like in the Hamptons or something, and all this money and through fabulous parties. And then he got arrested and she lost everything, you know. Mm-hmm. And she kind of goes a little bit crazy. And it's just kind of uncomfortable because she's still in her head. She is still like living that lifestyle but she's about as broke as you can possibly be i don't know it's i don't know just things like that make me uncomfortable yeah okay i don't know but it was good i mean i would say watch it you know because i know you like woody allen movies and so it's watchable that's for sure but not definitely not my favorite but it's worth watching just for kate blanchick she's really good i love her yeah and then, really, the only other thing I watched of note um, is Captain Phillips, that Tom Hanks movie with the Somali pirate movie. Yeah, I've heard some about it, but not too much. Yeah, it's based on a true story. Um, Tom Hanks plays the captain of, like, a big cargo ship that has to go through that, you know, part where the Somali pirates attack boats, and they get attacked, and... It's good. It's really good. Cool. I'll check that out. Yeah. I mean, Tom Hanks, I know it's just stating the obvious, but he's so good. <laughs> I just love him. I'm, he is I'm not such, stating the obvious, too. So. I He is such a good actor. He's so good in this. And the guys that play the pirates are just one of them. He is terrifying. Hmm. And from what I understand, they were never actors. They just got cast I guess there's like a kind of a big Somali community in like Minnesota or something and or Michigan somewhere like that and they just had the right look and oh they're fantastic they're oh so oh, good cool. 
It's really good. I watched it like on the laptop in the kitchen on Sunday. Uh-huh. I was making bread and stuff, and Cam was in the living room watching Super Bowl stuff all day. It's like the only day of the year he pays attention to football, and he'll <laughs> he'll watch like all the pregame stuff. Like wow. Like that's how he keeps man card or something. (laughs) 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 So I was watching it on the laptop in the kitchen Sunday. And when it was over, I was about to tell Cam, like, you need to watch this right now. And, but he was on the phone with a friend of ours that lives out of state. And so I kind of went on, you know, as soon as the movie was done, I kind of went on Facebook and stuff and saw dad's post about Philip Seymour Hoffman. And it just kind of, totally deflated my yeah i was just like what oh just shock so sad so so sad really bummed me out oh totally bummed me out i'm still bummed out i I can't believe we'll never have another movie with a minute lame i know i know because i seriously i was just thinking about it the other day and it's like I swear he's my favorite actor out of all the actors of that generation. I was trying to think of other ones like Matt Damon. I like Matt Damon a lot, but I still like, I'll watch a movie with Philip Seymour Hoffman in it over that. Oh, definitely. Yeah. He's definitely, I can't think of another actor of that generation. I like better. No way. Yeah. I mean, Ed Norton, I like, I think he's probably oh, yeah. the same age and Adrian Brody. I like a lot, you know, there's a lot that I like, but right. Philip, he was Philip Seymour Hoffman was just the, like the shining star out of all of them. He just, and it just makes me so sad. Like we won't see him grow and Mm. like be an old man and play King Lear or something, you know? Yeah. So sad, but at least, at least we have a huge body of work that that we can appreciate. But man, that's a bummer. Bummer. Yeah. Anyway. So I like, I liked Captain Phillips and was all pumped when it was over, and then I found that out. Aww. I was just like, Meh. <laughs> I just ruined Captain Phillips for me. <laughs> just kidding. I recommend it. So <laughs> I haven't seen Cap- uh, Catching Fire yet. I guess he's in that. Oh, is he? I haven't seen it either. Was he in the first one? I don't remember. I don't think so. I only saw it once. And the name they give him... I guess he's supposed to be in the third movie, too. So that's kind of one of the things. Who's going to play this guy? I read the books, but it's been years, and I didn't recognize the name as someone. I don't know. I don't know who plays. Well, that's a bummer. Yeah. Yeah, it'll always be Scotty from Boogie Nights to me. That I think that's the role that he really came onto my radar. Mm -hmm. I just loved that character. You probably haven't seen that movie, have you? I've seen most of it. I just loved his character, and I just loved the way he played him. He was just the perfect actor for that role. But Yeah, I remember him in it. I thought it was awesome. Yeah. He was kind really of a, good. Kind of a yeah, just kind of a dumpy, I don't know, tech guy, camera guy or something. <laughs> but, yeah. Who was in love with what Mark Wahlberg? <laughs> Dirk Diggler. Oh, that's right. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's what I've been watching. What about you? Um, oh, finished up Sherlock. That was fun. 
Oh, yes, I loved that third one. I know. That was that third one was like insane from start to finish. It was seriously insane. It was. Hello, it's Emily cutting in again. Um, Sue and I are about to spoil Sherlock Season 3, Episode 3. So if you are not caught up with Sherlock, I advise you to skip ahead um, from the time when I go away and the podcast starts back up again. You will want to skip the next 2 minutes and 15 seconds approximately. That's where the spoilers are. Okay, bye. I mean, I can't remember the guy's name now, but the villain, when he's flicking John Watson's face, <laughs> Cam, Cam and I were just laughing. We were like, what is he doing? He was so psycho. <laughs> yes. Yep. Ooh, I guess Sherlock just hates him so bad, and you just see why. Yep. No, he was awful. <laughs> Open your eye. Don't shut it. Let me flick your eyeball. <laughs> it was so bizarre. <laughs> and just, like, Mary, I never suspected anything uh-uh. about Mary. And yeah, didn't see that coming one bit. Heck no. And I thought she was going to die, though. She dies in the books, right? I think so. And I couldn't remember how, though. I just knew she did. And so I thought, since it was called The Final Vow, the final right. it was going to be he broke that vow that he was going to protect them and Mary was going to die. But right. I also thought, gosh, do we really have to end this season with John, like, perishing in pain again? Yeah, I'm glad that they didn't do that. Me too. And I just love that Moriarty is going to be back. Oh my gosh, I about jumped out of my seat. I was so excited. Same. And same. I didn't know. I didn't. I didn't know until I saw his face in that video. That I'm like, what are they talking about? What's going yeah, on? What's so big? Yeah. I didn't you, suspect it. When you start hearing that, did you miss me? Did you miss me? I did not put yeah. it together that that was who was saying that. Um, it sounded like a little girl to me, but uh. It was so fun to just see him though. Anyway, like in Sherlock's head when he got shot. Yeah, when I saw that, I was like, oh, that's how they can still right. keep Moriarty in, is like in hallucinations and stuff. Yeah, and in Sherlock's mind palace. <laughs> exactly. So I was kind of excited. I was like, oh, yeah, they can do that. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm just really curious. We're probably going to have to wait like two years. How are they going to explain that one away? Does he have a twin brother? <laughs> yeah, no. I don't know. But... um. We aren't waiting two years. They've got it scheduled actually like around Christmas. Really? So it's going to be like less than a year. Ooh, yay. I know. That's exciting. Unless it's possible that there's going to be a Christmas special. You know how the UK does that? Right. A lot of times it's big to have this little Christmas special just kind of out of nowhere. So it could be a Christmas special, Sherlock, and then the rest in January. Or I don't know. There's... But there's talk about it actually coming soon, sooner than, definitely sooner than two years. Yeah, 
it must have just been a scheduling thing because Benedict Cumberbatch was in some huge movies over the last, you know, like Star Trek. He was, you know, the main villain in the latest Star Trek movie. And well, I was actually following it closely. And do you remember the London riots a couple yeah. years ago? That was the week they had scheduled to um, to film. And oh. so they had it all scheduled to film, and that was years ago. Right. And so it would have been on schedule, but with those two and their schedules, when they had to cancel, they could not film in London for like a month. Oh, during gotcha. The yeah. riot thing. And so they had to totally cancel, and it took them so long to be able to schedule a block again. So that was actually, we can blame it on the London riots that we took two years. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Because, yeah, because then. And their popularity. <laughs> well, yeah, because, I mean, Martin Freeman, in the meantime, had to film three Hobbit movies. Exactly. You know, Benedict did Star Trek and a couple others. And even Parade's End, that might have been. Parade's End might have taken a while. Have you watched that? I haven't yet. I haven't either. I listened to the first episode of Doors Downstairs, reviewing it, and I'm like, yeah, I've got to watch it. Yeah. They are not Benedict fans. <laughs> she seems frightened by him. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and they don't I, seem to like Sherlock. She said something a couple episodes ago. Oh, really? She said, like, something disparaging about Sherlock, and she's like, that's right, I will fight you, cousins. And then oh, she just moves yeah. on. <laughs> I remember that. I remember that. That's that's right. It's interesting. I don't see how anyone could not like it. <laughs> it's just what it, usually I can get it, you know. Oh, yeah. You know, like, I'm a huge fan of a lot of movies that a lot of people just don't like, you know. Right. We well, all it's funny. I, I don't know anyone. I've introduced it to a lot of people, and everyone loves it. Um, but Bob DeGrand, he's from a couple podcasts, like the Dexter podcast and all of that. Um, mm -hmm. We're friends on Facebook, and he's been on my McKinley cast a few times. And he had never seen him. And he's like, I just don't have time for another show. Maybe this summer I'll have time. Right. And a few days later, we get a little message on our thing. I watched the first season. It was great. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then just this morning, he goes, I had actually finished season three to where I would have spoiled people. <laughs> <laughs> so he watched it before they aired. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's funny. Like, mm-hmm. See, don't have time for Sherlock. You make time for Sherlock. <laughs> exactly. That's one of those you lose sleep or you miss out on other things. Well, I mean, it's only three episodes. They're each about an hour and a half. You're talking six hours. Come on. Yeah, it's like, you know, fitting a movie into a couple days. Exactly. Or something. Yeah. So. Anyway. Any, anything else? Yeah, well, I've I've watched the first three episodes of Battlestar Galactica. Ooh, and? So I got through the miniseries, and I got through the first regular one. Uh -huh. And it's all right. It's good. I miss the wit of Joss Whedon <laughs> and Firefly. You know, that's the only show I can compare it to, sci-fi ship in the... Right, right, in I space gotcha. kind of a thing. Yeah, it is a little more serious, that's true. And I, I don't know, I 
I haven't quite warmed up to it, but it's at least interesting. I I know it's probably a slow burn unless I'm mistaken and I'm if I don't like it by now I'll hate it. I don't dislike it, but I'm not like hooked. I no, I don't think so. I think it kind of is a little bit of a slow burn. So I think if you just kind of trudge away at it, watch an episode here and there, I think it seems like someone I know, I think our friend Jeff, he really didn't really like the first season, but he liked the other five. So maybe the it's been a while since I've watched it. Maybe the first season is a little tedious or something, and then it gets better. Yeah, it's it's you just don't know anybody enough or the world enough to really have high stakes in it. True. Yeah, that's true. And for me, that's not a huge fan of the genre. You know, that's going right. to take me even longer to warm up. Well, you know. I don't dislike it, like I said. It's just, you know, I'll keep watching. Yeah, give it a shot. And, you know, give it a few more episodes. And if you just don't like it, you don't like it, you know. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't tell you to watch the whole series. I said, just watch the first episode. That's true. <laughs> but I, it's something I've meant to watch. Well, plus, you know, you're going to watch the whole thing because we're completists. <laughs> it's like, yes, we are. <laughs> even if I hate it. <laughs> yeah. And I hear so many things, so many good things about it, especially like the last season. Just. Mm-hmm. And right. Everything like that. Right. And I am a completist. Yes, I gave up on weeds after two or three seasons, but I know me. It's very rare. (laughs) It's very rare. And knowing me, I probably will watch them. Mm -hmm. Just because I have to. (laughs) 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 I may not like it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Okay, I also watched, watched a documentary called Bronies. Have you heard of this? No, but I know what a brony is. It's okay. guys, guys that are into my little pony. Yes. Um, <laughs> or my pretty pony. <laughs> it's my little pony. Is it my little pony? Okay. Yeah. So this documentary has been on my radar a little, just from a few different people on Facebook over the last couple of weeks. And I actually, an old high school friend is a brony. Um, you know, he's a married man with a couple kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's a brony. He's a totally... Yes, so um, I've just been interested, right? <laughs> and and it's a weird concept. It's here's where I stand. I cannot think of a cartoon that's aimed at children that I have liked since I was a kid. I know quite a few people do. They liked like when I was going to high school, Pinky and the Brain. Uh-huh. I just I don't know. I like left that behind forever. <laughs> Once I grew out of it. I like The Simpsons, but that is aimed at adults. It just happens to be a cartoon. Right. Right. South Park, Simpsons. Yeah. yeah. Um, as far... I just... I cannot find interest in it. I don't... I don't know. And so, you know, my daughter, my eight-year-old, has seen every single Friendship is Magic, My Little Pony episode five times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just... it's. It's for Scout and not me. And so even watching that, I was just kind of like, like the first 15 minutes, I almost turned it off so many times because I'm like, you know what? I just don't want to do this. I'm not interested. But it kept, I kept at it. Uh And (laughs) by the end, I was 
my heart was warmed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to watch an episode with Scout still. Right. But it's an interesting concept, and these are, you know, and it follows a few bronies, you know, like one that lives in the, like, Appalachian Mountains, and so there is a huge population around him that are just redneck. Right. You know, this kid, he's got this old-fashioned Mercedes, like Norma drives, and he puts My Little Pony decals, and he, his car gets beat up, and so does he. You know, they smash his window. Just... That's terrible. And, you know, call him gay, and where, Ugh. actually, I don't know, people just assume if you like My Little Pony, you're gay, which is totally untrue. Like, they even had a brony convention, and they're just... Most, for the most part, heterosexuals, they just love the image, but they just love the show. And there's one, they follow this one kid. He sounded like he had a Scottish accent. I know he went to, the the convention was in Manchester, but he he sounded Scottish to me. Um, but he's autistic. No, he's he has Asperger's. And it was really interesting because his mom, once she got over the fact that her son likes my little pony, she watched it and she's like, I feel like this was aimed towards Asperger people. Like for some weird, I don't know. I don't get it. And I haven't huh. seen it, but she felt like the writers were really trying to write that in. I think there might be one, my little pony that is a little Asperger ish or something. Interesting. Anyway. And it really spoke to this kid. He's like, I don't know, I'd guess he was about 19. And he went on his own, and he couldn't even ask people for directions. He, like, can't approach people. But right. by the end, he was giving, like, this whole circle of people these little brony hoof bumps. <laughs> <Yep. laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and he had, like, totally, uh, I don't know, it, like, helped him. It was interesting. And it, it was not well made, and it, that bothered me. It wasn't, a, you would not have mistaken this for like a Errol Morris documentary <laughs> <laughs> or a Werner Herzog or something, you know? Right, right. It wasn't well done, but it was interesting. If you're interested in bronies, it's something to, you know, put on and have in the background. It's interesting. I can always get pretty interested in people who are really into something. Mm-hmm like that I can I just find it very interesting it's better when the documentary is done well but right I, so my little pony is a cartoon then basically yeah my little ponies always had little like 80s cartoons and it's they've the ponies have transformed through the years I don't know if you I mean, noticed that are those the ponies that, like, you and Catherine had when you were kids? Yes, but they've transformed through the years to where they're designed a little differently. Okay. Like, next time you see Scout, you can see one of her My Little Ponies and notice how different it is from the ones we, Catherine and I, would play with as a kid. Okay. I guess but I didn't you... realize it was a cartoon, so I just thought it was men into those little pony figures. Well, they're into the figures too, definitely. But it started with this, it's called, the series is called Friendship is Magic, and it's it's not like the old ones. It's, and they've they've transformed the ponies into more I would, I describe it as more like anime looking. Oh, okay. And I don't know, this series is like supposedly really, really, really good. I'm not going to watch it. 
<laughs> you know, it's just not in, I'm not into it. I've seen enough of it. Don't think I haven't. I mean, I've got an eight-year-old in the house. <laughs> that's it would be so course. It would be so awesome if Rob became a Brody. <laughs> <laughs> See, Rob, and it's not like Rob is super manly at all, but no, he's, he's so repellent <laughs> to anything like that. <laughs> See, that make, it makes a little bit more sense to me. I, I never put it together that it was a cartoon that people were watching. Yeah. So, so basically it, now it's a TV series that, um, okay, so it makes a little more sense to me that grown men, because if it's a good story and if it reaches, I don't know, if it like touches you in a certain way, I guess, that makes more sense, because I was like, how are these grown men just like, all just obsessed sudden, with like little toys, obsessed, you know, <laughs> that aren't like Star Wars action figures or something, I'm like, that's just so weird. <laughs> right, okay. well, Star Wars had a movie. True. And True. the only other thing I did was... um I listened to the audiobook of uh, David Sedaris's new "The Let's Explore Diabetes with Owls." I think it's called. Oh, I haven't picked that one up yet. It was that... really good. I loved it. Oh yeah, just good classic essays. <laughs> I was just listening to the latest "This American Life" at work, and he's got a story. It's about the one going to the beach. Is oh, it yeah. from his new book? I don't think so. I think it's it. No, it's something that he wrote for the New Yorker because his youngest, their youngest sibling, Tiffany, mm -hmm. I guess she committed suicide in May. Oh my goodness! Yeah, and uh, so he wrote a piece about the family kind of got together at a beach house in North Carolina after she died, and uh, it's yeah. just kind of a story about that. It's yeah, it's a piece that he wrote for the New Yorker, and then he read it for this American. Life. I'll have to check that out. I that definitely is not in the book. Yeah, a lot of good traveling stories, and I love his travels. Living in France and England, lots of good stories about that. Nice. I might have to go buy that. I recommend it. Yeah. So. All right. Cool. All right then. Um, should we start the recap then, or do you have a? I would say that my little recommendation for you is watch uh, Blue Jasmine. I'd, I'd be interested okay. interested to see what, what you feel about it, if you kind of understand what I mean by it made me feel uncomfortable. Okay, yeah. I can get uncomfortable too, so we'll see. I get really uncomfortable when characters get into bad situations like that. Like, I cannot watch the Meet the Parents movies. Oh, yeah. That it gives me anxiety. I I've seen the first one only, and I just huh. I can't. I get so anxiety because of the stupid situations Ben Stiller gets himself into, and I don't know. It just yeah, that it gets on my nerves. I'm like, just stop doing dumb stuff. I know. <laughs> I just can't. Like oh, that one where he tries to he finds another cat that kind of looks. I mean, come on. Right. People know their own cat. <laughs> <laughs> just really, I don't know. It kind of gave me that kind of feeling, like just kind I of see. a little anxiety. But uh, so watch that and tell me what you okay. think. The stuff that makes me most anxious, besides feeling like someone's going to throw up any minute, is mm -hmm. um, punch drunk love. I was so anxiety ridden every time Adam Sandler was on screen about what he was going to do. 
Well, yeah, but I think they were purposely trying to make I us guess feel so. that way because, I mean, he was a pretty volatile character sometimes. Yeah. And you never knew what was going to set him off, you know. Like, his and his sisters were so awful to yep. him. Another little PSH shout-out. Oh, fantastic <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman scene. Oh, my gosh. I oh, love I so love much. that scene so much. Oh, he's so good. Just, oh, he's so good. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I can see what you mean, though, about feeling kind of anxious. Like, curb your enthusiasm does it to me, too. Yes. You know, I'm just like, I just feel so uncomfortable watching this, but I love it because it's so <laughs> funny, you know. <laughs> but Seinfeld didn't. <laughs> No, every once in a while there would be something, usually a George thing. Yeah. Um, but other than that, no, Seinfeld doesn't really do that to me. But yeah, I Curb, don't think I'm as, as sensitive to it as you, but I know what you mean. Yeah, Curb does, but I'm willing to watch it still because it's so good. Like the Meet the Parents movies, I don't think are that great, so I'm not willing to go through it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not, I'm not willing to. It's not gonna. The good of it's not going to outweigh the uncomfortable like it does on Curb, you know. Yeah, I can see that. So, anyway, so yeah, watch it. Tell me what you think. And then, do you want me to watch that Bronies? Is that on Netflix? Yeah, it's on Netflix. Sure. I'm. Or did I you have something else? I don't have anything else, so you might as well. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you what I think. you knocking at my cellar door I love you baby can I have some more ooh the damage done I hit the city and I lost my band I watched the needle take another man gone gone song because I love the man I know that some of you don't understand milk blood to keep from running out I've seen the needle and the damage done a little part of it in everyone but every junkie's like a sitting sun Yeah, okay, spoilers coming. Um, 
Yeah, that ending. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. So yeah, spoiler for anyone, but um, yeah, Deb pretty much walks in on Dexter killing. Yep. That's and it's kind of in a. It's a way he can't quite explain away. Like he's always able to almost get caught and explain it away. Yeah, I was wondering how he's gonna do that. Hey, yeah, you'll see. <laughs> yeah, so. he does. But, uh, but that yeah. does that just adds a very interesting dynamic to the show now. I mean, oh yeah, we've been waiting for this a long time. Yeah, because I hear she finds on earlier in the books. Because I haven't read the books, but I hear she finds out pretty early on, from what I understand. Uh, I did read. I read the first one, and I think, yeah, she finds out in the first book. Wow. And is okay with it. Hmm. So, yeah, the dynamic's quite different. Um, did you figure out that the professor was our, dead the whole time? No. <laughs> I did that was not. a big surprise. Yeah, this, I, I did not pick up on that. Yeah, I'm not sure I would have either, and that is where I got mad that I was listening to a podcast while watching because everyone figured it out, and so it would have been a surprise for me, but everyone was already talking about it. Not only were they already talking about that they had figured it out, they thought it was a stupid spin that anyone could figure out, and it's like, oh, what are you going to throw, you know, I don't know. <laughs> How did they, f what were the clues? I don't know. I, I don't know, that's, I don't know. It, it's one of those things that make me almost sometimes not want to listen to a podcast while I'm watching because other people's opinions can make it less enjoyable, especially with Dexter, because a lot of people watch it and bitch about it. And right, right. So it just kind of brings me down, and I never, I don't, I really don't think I would have picked up on it without having everybody say it. And not only were they saying it, they were just putting the whole plot down about it. Huh, so they're just, like, turning into a bunch of haters, but still do a podcast on it? Yes. Well, the guy I listened to, Garrett, in the UK, is not the hater that all of his fans are. <laughs> 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 but, yeah, most of the people that call in are total haters. Oh, um, gotcha. Huh. The um now this is the season where Deb goes to the psychiatrist. Yeah, that was weird. That was weird, and that was I think I told you a little while ago that season six has a thing to it that really really upset the fans. Or I said something. I hinted at it. I didn't hint at what it could have been, but I said that there's something in season six that really really drove a wedge with the fans, and that was it. Yeah, I can see that, because I, I just thought it was kind of oogie. <laughs> it was. I agree that it was kind of <laughs> oogie, but on the other hand, I don't think it disturbed me as, as much as everyone else, but I really loved their brother-sister relationship, was the thing. They have a great relationship, and it didn't... I mean, it's a bit disturbing, but I also think that Deb is pretty messed up, and I think it was just 
I don't know, just put in of, her head by the psychiatrist. Yeah, it was just part of her just being messed up, especially when it comes to men, you know, so yeah. it didn't, I don't know. It's I, back to me of just like a psychiatrist suggestion that got into her head that made her think that. Right, and it actually kind of made me giggle a couple times when she was, like, sitting next to him on the couch, and yeah. he kind of brushed up against her, and she was like, ooh, you know, <laughs> I was just like, now that's silly, but um, <laughs> I don't know, I kind of found it unnecessary. I did, too. I thought, I don't know, the writers explained that they wanted to up the stakes of Deb finding out, and I thought they did not need to do that. They were as close as a brother and sister can be, if you ask me. Yeah, I don't think the stakes you know, need to be upped at all. I didn't think it did either. If that's their reasoning, that's a BS reasoning to me. I think they just wanted to, I don't know, just do something kind of disturbing. And that was a good thing to do if you wanted to do that. But, right. <laughs> but yeah, no, I wasn't really bothered by it. I just, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't either. It sounds like we took it kind of the same way. 